podcast ain't played nobody friends uh i know that the world seems pretty crazy right now but uh if you want to put your phone down for like an hour uh we'll be here to talk about some things that uh kind of trivial at best um but you know we all need something of an escape from time to time so we're gonna try and provide a little bit of that uh but before we get to the show i do have a message from dad godfrey and family are doing well in uh in nashville in the wake of the tornadoes that happened there last week but the city still does need our help uh he sent along a few charities to donate to to help out uh those in need i'll read them off real quick and also put them in the show notes uh cfmt.org that's the community foundation of middle tennessee they distribute funds to various nonprofits in the community uh hon.org hands on nashville they're going to do uh they're going to be doing the actual work of rebuilding some of the most affected areas uh and gideon's army united.org that's gideon's army and they're taking care of some of the cleanup in north nashville which is one of the hardest hit and hardest affected areas by the tornadoes again all that stuff will be in the show notes um but i wanted to get that out and and tell y'all make sure you guys know knew that uh godfrey and his family are doing great um and this is a way that you can help him and and his city by donating whatever uh, whatever you can. All right, so we're through that, Alex. It is Mascot Week at theoldbannersociety.com, and we have a great guest this week. We sure do. Uh, we'd like to welcome to the show Sed Funches. Sed, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Good, good. A little bit, a little bit about Sed. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with his brilliant work, uh, Sed spent a lot of years working for the Minnesota Timberwolves in the NBA and the Lynx in the WNBA, uh, doing you know a lot of branding and logo work for them, figuring out not just how to design logos that look cool, um, but how they kind of fit into a visual system and, and an identity that permeates throughout the entire organization. Uh, got him into a career where he worked on a bunch of video games at places like Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony. Uh, he even had a stop at Vox Media, where we work in the midst of all of that. Uh, and now he works for the University of San Diego, Go Toreros in California. Uh, and he has stopped by today um, to enlighten us a little bit about the world of college logos uh, and how they get made and how these colors and, and marks that we've kind of become uh, synonymous with as fans uh, of specific teams how those get developed. So, Seth, thanks for joining us. We appreciate appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. No, I, I love this kind of stuff. No, I appreciate the, uh, the time to talk about it. Uh, the first thing that I always wonder about when I look at the way a college athletic department brands itself is obviously the color. Um, I'm curious, how does, this is, you know, kind of at a very rudimentary level, but how does a school pick a color? Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a very good, a very good question. Um, sometimes there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen um, bringing that to the forefront. But with a lot of universities, there's a lot of history that's already there. Um, and so with making any type of a logo, um, you know, you're thinking of the color and the, the typography as well as the illustrations. The, the goal is actually what is the goal? Like, what are we trying to do? And when it comes to a college team, it's more, you know, more, more teams want more fan support. They want wins, loyalty. They want boosters, recognition. And the way to do that is to really just lean into what the core colors of the university are. Um, and the way that those university colors sometimes are, are pulled together are looking at historical factors and, and things about the surrounding neighborhoods or the surrounding architecture um, or, or even the surrounding environment. And that's really what you're pulling together. You're pulling some of those colors that are sometimes derivative, but then sometimes are just very easy for the eye to see and recognize. Um, whether you're talking about Tulane or, you know, the big green, things like that, you know, individuals can kind of have a, a, um, a, a relationship with, and that's really where the colors are. I mean, the only thing that, that pops in my mind that uh, is opposite of that was when Boise State did their blue fields. And it was so different that individuals had to take notice. It was, it stood out against yeah. green fields. And so, but other than that, you know, usually colors are are very uh, synonymous with what either the tradition or the history of that school or that surrounding area represents. So do you see, you mentioned Boise State, I'm curious, when they decide to make their field blue, you see that as 
you know, in a way not in touch with their history in an attempt to kind of make the color sell the school? I think so. I'll be honest with you. I think that because it didn't catch on, like if you look at if you look at um, the color of themselves, like they really leaned into what their actual brand was. And so that became synonymous with their brand. And now their colors start to represent that more. And I think that was an inflection point for their entire brand colors. It was you start to look at what their colors are and it's more memorable from that standpoint. Um, and they were winning. So when you win and you do, you know, kind of things on television where the colors start to pop and you, you start to get these moments of, of glory, that's really what starts to take over. Can I ask, so take a school that has a really identifiable color that everyone associates with that school. Carolina Blue is an example, maybe the burnt orange at Texas. Um, you know, Carolina Blue is the single most identifying thing for a lot of people about the University of North Carolina. Um, maybe, you know, whether you have you know a lot of familiarity with this specific case study or not, I'm curious, like, what is the sort of backstory? You mentioned that, you know, a, a color fits in with the history of a university in some way. Do you have an example of a backstory where, you know, a color just fits in extremely well with like, you know, something from a university's founding or something about the culture of that university that enabled it to be the athletic color of that school that we all now know, you know, know so well? Yeah, I think with uh, the University of North Carolina, and I'm not a scholar on all these things, but <laughs> I think that blue's been around for a, a while. And I think it, <laughs> it has a little bit more of an academic standard. Like I think with sports, we kind of, we conflate it because we have an affinity for it. But a lot of these schools are born from athletic or from academics first. And so I think the Carolina blue is from like the seventies or the eighties. And it, it really tried to, you know, it, it, it almost identified with a little bit more of a pristine uh, look, a, a more pristine feel and a lot of this always comes from what is the academics or the university's goal? Um, you know, what are they what are they trying to be um, um, known for? And it and it's the the culture of the university that sometimes these colors kind of come from. Uh, even at uh, USD, there are their main colors. You know, the blue, light blue, white. But some of their other colors are deeply tied to Catholicism. And so it's a Catholic school. Um, and so you, you have some of these colors that actually represent some of these things that actually become what they're known for. Not saying that North Carolina was doing that, but, um, you know, the, the, the idea that seeing these colors on campus sort of drives the way that some of these athletics come. From. And, and a lot of athletics come along later. So, you know, some of these schools have academics that really stand for something, you know, this harsh blue or a harsh green, and then a light blue stands for ac uh, academic excellence. Um, and from there, that's really where it becomes synonymous. It's okay, now our school is at the top of the level. And now our colors, and now, you know, sometimes they go and pick Okay, what is our academic color? Which one stands for excellence? Which one is our purple? Which one is the the color that we actually drape on our valedictorians? That yeah. sometimes becomes your highlight color on your um, when you're putting together a system for an athletics uh, organization because that's really how you tie it all together. I uh, I want to come back to I want to come back to the Catholicism in a second, but I do want to ask like with Carolina as we're on that Carolina blue. Carolina, I remember Alex. I think you wrote about this. Carolina had like five different blues that mm -hmm. were like basically the yeah. same blue, and everybody has Carolina blue in their mind. But it's like four or five different blues. How do you get all these blues to be the same blue across what fifteen different teams or whatever? Like I remember Carolina had that branding thing where they're like every throw out all the uniforms, everything's going to be this specific system how hard is that to get kind of everything in line when you have all this history of sometimes going a little bit disparate ways with with yeah. one color it is it like that is a, a particular case study where a color actually represents the school one color yeah and whether it's on their jerseys or on any of their branding it really is that one color and i mean it is kind of messy sometimes when you're pulling together these systems and you have uh, you know, deans and admins and individuals coming together to essentially make a decision on it. But I think what what really the history is, is you really just try and find a lot of historical references and find where these colors are appearing, 
you know, if I'm speaking from the side or I'm trying to convince a client, I'm, I'm really just trying to show them that this is where some of these colors uh, on a Pantone scale show up the most. This is what is really what individuals are trying to show you that this is what their affinity is towards. Um, it's tough, no matter what. I mean, hopefully most colleges, as you can start seeing their systems, they're a little bit more streamlined now where it's it's boiled down to four major, major colors that actually make up their system. Um, and I, outside of Carolina blue, um, you know, I can't really think of a university that no matter what sport it is, is worn from a cultural standpoint. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, Carolina blue stands for everything, whether you like sports or not, you're going to rock it. You're going to put the Jordan patch. You're going to wear it because it actually stands for something. I think the, the Carolina blue that actually has Jordan attached to it, like anything that has that history. um, I think that's really where you start narrowing it down. Everybody can have their own opinion and be subjective about it, but you really do have to go back and say, okay, but when this moment happened, what color were they wearing? Simple way to do it. Yeah. Could you said, describe pantones for us like we're five because we, we basically we basically are we know what it is but we want to kind of give it to yeah. the audience i i could definitely do that so pantones are are swatch colors and, and they actually make up they're made up of uh of a collection of colors that you know your uh cyan magenta yellow and black and so those colors come together to make up your pantone swap and the the funny part about pantones is that as you guys mentioned there are numerous amounts of blues like six shades one way every you know combination can can throw it in a different uh light and and as it's printed it actually reflects differently so when you're creating logos you're creating all these things you really do have to nail the pantone and i could see the the huge problem that they would have had by having all these different blues out there on a print narrative. What's funny too is that Pantone is again, old school printing um, and we're a lot more digital now. So even becoming a little bit more uniform now is way easier than it was when you have jerseys and helmets and all of these things, these physical applications. Um, so anyway. Cause like Texas, Texas like copyrighted a Pantone code, right? Exactly. With the burnt orange. Exactly. Because there's so many different variations, there's so many inflections, and because people are passionate about their colors, because the color of the school and the color of the team or the color of whatever you remember is actually attached to that color and your your history, your memories. And the value of that is priceless. And so the value of that burnt orange for Texas is is it's priceless. So they would go through great lengths to trademark that uh, Carolina blue, but you want to trademark those things and license them out because people have an affinity for that exact blue. I could wear a blue faded shirt that is kind of Carolina blue, but it's not really Carolina blue and people would know. The and difference. Know. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No difference. Can I ask you as a designer, are there subliminal messages that different colors, irrespective of like what the school tradition might be, but subliminal messages that every color sends and not to get too granular about like, you know, Stanford red versus NC state red or something like that. But like, does red say something? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I think the Cardinals, Louisville Cardinals, when they rebranded, they really tried to reemphasize their red to show their, you know, what's funny about colleges is that these teams move divisions. Um, and so, Sometimes they might swap and get into a division where they have, or a conference, I'm sorry, a conference where they have a team that has a similar red. And so you have to really be, be able to create a narrative for what your red. This red stands for victory. And like red is, is what, red and you got to count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. For, for, for a layman, that is, red is red. But remember through the eyes of creating logos and, and identity systems or things like that, I can actually make that red be whatever I want it to be. Yeah. And, once I attach that to alumni and alumni memories and hearken back to 1973 when we won and the red blazer was worn by coach Johnny, whoever, that sometimes becomes the actual focal point of some of the logo systems or the identities that teams try and take on and say, 
we're t- you know, or maybe they had a bad athletic or academic year. We're going to turn the corner and we're going to use this red as a symbol of victory. And on there's going to be a sea of red in in, in on on Saturday mornings. Um, so red 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 is a, a great example of a color that already has its own emotional attachment to individuals. You know, reds and blues. But um, I think red. I think Louisville, in my opinion, I think Louisville did a fantastic job when they rebranded and and came with a little bit more of an aggressive nature to themselves to kind of stand out. And I think that helped them in their recruiting. As as an artist, what is it like to as an artist in this sphere? It kind of seems to me that you're not creating from the ground up. You're kind of working within a sandbox. Uh, in yeah. a sense of, look, we can only do it, it's only these four colors. I can't create another color because of the traditions that are associated with these four, five, six, whatever colors. What is that that the artistic challenge of creating kind of in a sandbox where you kind of have a little bit of guardrail, so to speak, uh, about how kind of wild you can go either way? Right. You know, I think the I think guardrails are actually really good in in the sense that. On the college landscape, the the sports are attached to individuals and memories, and so I don't know if that limits you from from that standpoint. Um, you can you can get very creative, you know, with different different shades, unless you're Carolina. Um, but I'm pretty sure they still use different shades of blue. But the the goal, honestly, is to find some of those things and attach them to actual meaning. Um, find the actual meaning behind them and what they stand for. And I think that's really where you start to become very creative in your research. Um, you become very creative in how you want to express that. Um, the challenge that you're solving is that we're living in a world where um, you have probably 60 seconds of someone's attention span on social. So your colors, your usage of colors have to actually pop. And I think that's really where uh, visual artists like myself, they that's where they're, they're honing in is if I can only use one to two colors, what am I using? Um, what and how effectively am I using it? My eyes like sort of roll out of my skull when I read like I think it's different when you need to understand that like when a team creates like a visual identity or branding or whatever, like they are doing it for their fans. But kind of where me and Alex work, I kind of read all of these, like in a mm-hmm. sense of I, re- I see every press release. So it's it's funny. Do you ever think it's too much in a sense of these press releases where they're like, this green symbolizes the land we built the school on? You know what I mean? Like I see all of these different types of stuff. But, you know, you kind of understand that when it's one team's fan base, it's for that fan base and that's the audience. Right. Right. That's actually a very good point. Um, I think some of it's conflated, to be honest with you. I think some of it is marketing, you know, 202, not even 101. It's just marketing 202, where they're, they're really trying to grasp at something. Or maybe the college is not that successful. Um, and so they really have to ignite their fan base. And at the end of the day, man, it all comes down to money. Like, where it used to be about tradition and this is great, and because no one was actually thinking about the money. Now it, it is first and foremost to you may have the biggest donor on your on your uh, alumni base and he has in the ear of the ad and he's telling them that i don't like the gold and i never like the gold so we're going to only go for the purple and so it could be some uh, external forces that are really driving the way that some of these things are because if i give you if i give a school 20 million dollars and i say uh i always like the trident they're going to probably do whatever they want it want to do to continue to get me to give them more money (laughs) it becomes the most important feature whether it's you know i'm using that as as an example but whether or not that's what fans relate to sometimes behind the scenes that's really what's going on is somebody has said this is more important than these other elements and so from this standpoint and and i'm sure individuals who work uh with with college you know resources on a day-to-day basis it's kind of this fine balance of you want to leave the system intact for the next person who has to pick it up so you don't want to go too far one way or too far another way or be too conflated in this stands for the rich history of blah 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 yeah i mean that's great but how does it all relate and can you use it across all of these systems so that everybody can can experience the the university 
can a school and you know not to not to put you in a tough position here and ask you to talk shit but um oh no that's exactly school, what we want that is it is honestly what i'm trying to do um can a school make a big mistake when setting out its color identity and uh if so you got any examples and if if and if and if we don't want to share that's that's okay but had to ask. <laughs> tell, tell, tell me what, what a way to make a mistake would be, and we can leave it to imagination how some schools might make that mistake. Um, I think leaning too far into the past. Some schools make a mistake of getting a little too nostalgic where you still have to strike the right balance. And it's like uh, Back to the Future. You have to go back into a time machine, but you can only go to one spot at one time. And I think sometimes schools, you know, it, it's a it's a mess sometimes when you have a new AD and the AD wants to rebrand. They don't want they hate the guy who was there before. And, oh, I got to make more. Money. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. But if they have a clear vision of what they want, then that makes it a lot easier. But I think sometimes some schools I ain't going to mention the names, but <laughs> and Vado and I'm going to do all of these things. You know, they only last like two or three years, but they go back and they go. I graduated from here in 1973. Well, in 1973, here's all these bad things that happened on campus. And so that's what really people really remember. And that's the colors that they remember. And I think that a couple of teams, I think in a few past few years, tried to get a little too cute and a little too on the nose with things. And so really, you know, colleges are need to be more inclusive of the fans and the history from that standpoint. And if you get too close to it and you start you know, kind of rolling out, we're going to do all these grand things and then lay a very poor season, three seasons in a row. There's there's where some of the mistakes can happen. And now mm-hmm. you well that bad history attached to not only some bad branding or, you know, just some really out of the box looking colors and things like that. But now it's attached to all that merchandise, yeah. all that collateral. And it's there for <laughs> unless you got a new AD who can come in and get a budget and go, all right, get rid of everything, burn it all and we'll start over. It sticks around. And that's usually how teams, you know, the best teams, again, Michigan, Michigan can never beat Ohio State, but it's Michigan and the blue and maize and, and those colors. They stand for something, even if it stands for getting destroyed by Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I So one of the most interesting things that I think you're hitting at is kind of how all of these things are interconnected, just not just from departments at a university, but like in a sense of from one graphic design or marketing department to the next or like over three years. So if we talk about a 10 year span, you kind of have to come in. And as an artist, you're talking about thinking about the next people who will pick this up when you inevitably switch jobs, move jobs, get promoted, get moved or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, one of my one of my good friends and mentors is uh, Todd Radom, um, brilliant, brilliant sports designer. And we always talk about the concept of your logo and your identity has to be bulletproof. And there's going to be a lot of bullets shot at it. There's going to be a lot of people who come in. There's going to be a lot of people who poke and prod. But the systems that you create, hopefully, they they are picked up by individuals who can take and extend on them. But sometimes you have to throw that bad boy over the, the fence to a marketing department who just started and they don't really even know how to work Google Drive. Or something. <laughs> like and you're they, teaching them about all this other stuff and uh, this new yeah, system. Hey, we have to get letterhead. We have to do that. And so there is there is a ton of consideration that goes into creating these these systems and it again, it all starts with research. If you if you're doing a really good job of of really like looking at the research and understanding the fans and the 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 you know kind of like the tribe and the loyalty, then individuals who usually work at these universities are loyal to a to a, to a certain extent, and they understand that. And so, if you can create your systems to do that, uh, you actually start to kind of figure out visual cues that you start to put in your systems that make it easy for individuals to identify, ah, this is the proper usage of this. And it's not just they have to refer to the rule books. They start to see this is how this works. Um, I'll give you a good example of uh, a a logo that I think has become revitalized with success, which is the LSU Tigers. Tiger. And it is an actual Mm -hmm artistic print of a tiger like it's i mean sure it's been digitized but if you look at it it's actually you know almost like a hand-drawn drawn drawn look and 
I have seen probably some of the best usage of that eye, that purple and gold eye, on just different um, faculty members or different you know alumni using it. And that means that somebody put that system together and said, okay, we know if we win this, here's how it's going to break out to all of these different pieces and different individuals. And so let's create that those things for them. Um, you know, a social team is going to use it. The social team is going to pass it on to the manager. The manager is going to use it. And what are their varying levels, degree of tech, you know, technical proficiency? And that's really, as, as an artist, you, you, you really have to think that you're more of an, an architect or, you know, somebody who's creating the plumbing systems for a city. Like, hmm. how is all of this going to work together yeah. that we just don't get, you know, a big mess at the end? So... I'm from Pittsburgh, uh, as I've mentioned on this podcast a handful of times before. You mentioned schools throwing it way back. You mentioned schools making these things fit as, uh, fit as you know big systems. I'm curious, uh, a year ago or so, Pitt dumped the color scheme that it had been using for maybe 20 some years. Um, they dumped kind of a, uh, a very like N64 looking Panther that they had had. They did that several years earlier. Um, and they, they went to like this color scheme that, uh, instead of, you know, blue and gold, it's, it's truthfully more of a blue and yellow instead of Navy and gold. It's more of an actual blue and yellow, um, as a throwback to the way things used to be for them in like the 1970s, early eighties. Um, I'm curious, what do you think of, uh, maybe this is a selfish question, but what do you think of the way that that all works together? And is that, you know. Is that a case of a school going, you know, so far into a throwback that it actually works, even though, you know, sometimes you, you mentioned that you can go too far with it? Yeah, I I think it works. One, I love Pitt. Uh, one of my favorite players and human beings, I love his dad, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Played at Pitt, um, Pitt football. Um, and so... One, I actually have a, a, a company that, that does some business actually in the Wilkes-Barre, um, mm-hmm. uh, Pennsylvania area. The old stomping and grounds so, for uh, for my guy over here. It's not the Michael Scott Paper Company, is it? <laughs> Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the Michael Scott Paper Company. But uh, uh, I think that they did a really good job. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, it. I I, I saw that you're a pit guy, and I kind of looked into. You know, I read your article and and by the way, you know, we I don't understand why we're not following each other on Twitter. Like, wow. Okay. No, we are now. We We weren't previously. Oh, we are are now. We are now. Yeah, yeah. we're not. We were not. Um, But you I think you nailed some of some of the key things of remember, it's like a time machine and you just got to get it right. You got to go to the right period in time. And I think they did that with their jerseys and um you know, Nike's a big sponsor. And so they're, they're almost having to juggle two things of how do we make sure that we standardize our systems, but we can go back. And that's really where the colors scheme start to come into play of let's go back and find what that color was. Maybe we have to tweak it a little bit, um, but then we'll have we'll have these these almost stalwart colors that we can throw together for our for our uniform um, uh, combination. And I think I think it looks good. I think home looks good. Away looks good. Um, I think they could still sneak in if they really wanted to. Uh, a little bit of the darker, darker royal blues and and gold on a throwback day from like the Larry yeah. Fitzgerald era. You talking about yeah. Larry Fitzgerald era? And now those things start to stand for something. You know what I mean? Like, and it's it's the be- the easiest way that I you know in any time that I'm I'm mentoring any any teams that are that are embarking on creating these systems i tell them you have to create something that people remember and if they remember it then you can build a system off of it um it can't really like you said like i said before it can't be nearsighted for something that you like like hey i liked that game well does everybody like that or does everybody respect that era and i don't recall Pitt being a a powerhouse at that time but i do recall the grit and the non-stop i'm not going to give up attitude of Larry Fitzgerald and some of these 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 players that that kind of that that reflected he's not even from there he's from the, he's from where I'm from Minnesota so Minnesota, yeah yeah that that reflected the individual nature and the identity of that school 
this is a hard, we're hard workers. And that's really what Pennsylvania is. It's hardworking people. It's, it's people who probably come from, from, um, you know, um, a little bit more modest means, but they're going to work hard and there's tradition and history with that. And so I think that Pitt went back and got the right colors. I, I actually love the, uh, the wordmark script that they pulled. I always thought that was my, Oh, I love it. Yeah. The Pitt script. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's very it's unique because it's it 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 stands for what it needs to stand for um and it and it makes things happen and again a lot of these schools like i said you know they have deep roots in catholicism and so if the brand identity usually reflects um a lot of what the actual core identity of the school is and so the idea of working hard, the idea of, you know, really serving one another, being great individuals. I mean, think about how many times Larry Fitzgerald probably was one man of the year or community guy of the year, or I just want to do all these things for individuals. And now these colors start to become synonymous with that. Can I ask you how far back, you know, how much time has to have elapsed before something like that can be cool again? Because you know, Larry, Fitch, it's Larry did, Fitzgerald. Did Pitt people Pitt was, like hate those logos? They they did. They I think that Pip. Pit people didn't like him at all. Pit people did not like that panther that was on the helmet back then. They didn't like that shade of gold and blue. But you're absolutely right that people look back. I mean, I'm 25. I was nine when Larry Fitzgerald was was in his heyday at Pitt. It's been 17 years. I, I think when we think of throwbacks, we think of like, ah, 30, 40 years ago. But if something was really cool, could could I could a team get away with making throwback uniforms or even a throwback color scheme of some kind for an era that was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if people remember it fondly enough? Uh, absolutely. I think if, I don't know where Larry Fitzgerald stands as far as being honored at Pitt, but I, I really do believe that the the better the team does and the better the individual players do in the league, those those colors become more immortalized. And so you can go back 15 years to um, – uh, Richard, we're going to talk about Florida in a second. Yes, sir. You can go back to uh, uh, some of those championship years. And if the championship years actually represent enough, then I think you can bring bring those looks back or even just the helmet. You know, if it's if it's if you don't want to bring the full entire thing back, I think they have a tertiary mark on for uh, <laughs> for Pitt that. It's like a, a tooth or something. I'm like, dude, what is that? <laughs> but so, but, but what you're saying is like, it doesn't, it, what you're saying is like, even though, you know, we hated it then, just because Larry's a Hall of Famer, because like all, that's all you need. You need one thing from that era and now you can throw it back. Well, now it's the pride factor. Uh, I am a Minnesota Vikings fan to the end of my life. I'm sorry. And so, hey, come on. Let's, <laughs> let's, Let's keep it. Let's keep it above board. But, uh, <laughs> uh, the people always talk about the colors of the purple and oh, it's too much purple. It's not enough purple for me because yeah. I'm a diehard purple fighter. people eaters. I, I, hey, I love it. If you bring back like the 1960, we're not gonna play like that. But at least I'll feel like, man, we're about to go get this. No, we're about to take an L. Okay. So. <laughs> do you ever do you ever wish that your Vikings could just go back to the exact uniforms that they wore, like Dante Culpepper to Randy Moss, like Randy Moss mooning Lambeau Field? Oh my gosh! Because the one, I, I think the that's ones with example, like the shoulder kind of like, stripes. I mean, they were so cool. They were so cool, and and no team would make a uniform that looked like that today. But it's awesome when you think about it because you associate it with Randy fucking Moss. Because it's associated with greatness, and outside of our throwback, you know, it almost seems like every NFL film's uh, highlight is against the the Minnesota Vikings from like 1963 <laughs> to like 1969. But like, if you think back to like the throwback whites. Man, I'm some fire, fire jersey. <laughs> we, I mean, we were dressed for the show. Believe me, we were dressed for the show. But to that point, I think you could bring that back in a heartbeat. You could bring back for Atlanta. You could bring back um, Deion Sanders. You could bring back. I these, think they are by the for the Falcons. I think they're about the to. Falcons gonna bring them back? Absolutely, because that's what's synonymous with that. And Deion actually took those same colors and pimp them into his own shoe when he was playing with the Braves and stuff. So like you have all of these, these iconic moments in time and these iconic players who wore those jerseys. And that's really where your, your, um, 
that's that's the history. That's the memories. And um, I think the Vikings, I think they could pull that off. I think, you know, with a new stadium, <clears throat> I think that color scheme is kind of set because architecturally they, they have kind of invested in that. Oh, because like all the seats are purple, you mean? I mean, well, they're, it, they, they're bought into this new branding and – Again, like a lot of the branding when on the at the NFL level or the pro level, it's built to create this synonymous feeling of not paying that much money when you're really paying that much money. So to break that up by going back to different colors without a real good reason, that that's really where it gets a little dicey. Can I ask uh, this? We're talking about a lot of pro teams that do this, and of course, as as Frequent listeners will know this is a uh, professional sports podcast. An NFL podcast. An NFL podcast. Um, something that strikes me, you know, we're mentioning the Randy Moss era Vikings and the Larry Fitzgerald era Pitt Panthers. Um, I'm thinking about which college teams could conceivably introduce a throwback from like, you know, the late 90s, the early 2000s when things were very cool. And one of the things that strikes me is that the most successful college programs have introduced relatively few changes to their overall looks. I mean, Oklahoma was the first national champion of the decade. Not a lot of difference, I don't think. Boring. I mean, Alabama and you know, and Alabama and Oklahoma objectively, those are boring right. uniforms. Not Classic, a lot. Not boring. a lot's changed. Even you know Auburn. Not a lot's changed. The one that I'm wondering about. I mean, could Miami go back to the exact uniforms that it wore during the like early 2000s heyday? Oh, the please, era? the piping. I mean, please, that would be just fantastic. Said, you got anything that 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 a school should consider? I do have something on that. They. As a, I, I actually remember being at a conference where uh, someone was just talking about branding and colors and colors you want to stay away from, and they brought up Miami. I was like, "What about Miami? Miami has such a rich history of athletes, but it's checkered with press about athletes. And sometimes those colors, they they would have to be careful. I think some of those colors are." are ridiculously <laughs> awesome to be honest with you. They're, they're just awesome because they, you know, it, it makes you think of, of the rivalry gangs, Florida state and Miami and fools, uh, parachuting it. Like that stuff was dope. I was like, oh, okay, this is, I didn't, I don't even go to these schools, but I'm, I'm cheering for them. Um, the old school bucket hats of the green and the, and the orange, but you got to find the right combination because some of those combinations are synonymous with bad press Yeah, or, Press that people mm-hmm. would like to go away, like from the a, infamous from a, Sports Illustrated cover where it was like, "Should Miami drop it. football?" That was in what ninety five. That's right, right. And the early two thousands has Nevin Shapiro, so people would would associate it with that, which fans might think was awesome. I would think was awesome, but right, you think that was awesome, but most individuals would be like, uh, "Who went to Miami? Wait a minute, right? That name, Mm-mm. yeah." And I think, and now look, that just shows the tie into history. That how fans are, you know, they're fiercely loyal to one way or another. So they're fiercely for you or they're fiercely against you. So I think Miami could bring it back from a standpoint of, you know, I get a kick out of seeing Michael Irvin on TV. And he's always, you know, the mascot for Miami. But rarely does he wear those colors. Hmm. Yeah. Rarely is he on a national broadcast in the colors that he went to school with because he probably has people who are like, well, I don't know if you want to do that or, you know, wear a hat or something like that. But it, it really does bring up harsh memories and things like that for individuals. And as an athletic institution, sometimes they want to separate themselves from that. So they, they could do it. They could pull it off and, you know, maybe go back to a year that is super successful. Um, that actually brings a good, up a good point about uh, Florida. Florida has never really changed the way that they've kind of looked. I mean, they've made some tweaks, but that gator head, uh, th- that old glory of, of, uh, Oh seven. Yeah. The natty. Oh six and Oh eight. Yeah. The natties. Oh six and Oh eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. They're, that's what they're riding on. Right. <laughs> or, I, they're like, Oh, that's who we are. So I, let's, I actually, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up Florida for selfish reasons, but also because we're in Florida already. But I do want you to add, I do need you to settle for good and all. Do orange and blue go together as colors? I need, I got to have this settled by a legitimate graphic graphic artist. No, oh, they don't. Goodness. You're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. I mean, they go together because we have been commercially exposed to them. And they I think that work, is really interesting. I, 
I think that's because we've been exposed to them. But I've never really seen anyone just pop out 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 on the block with a orange <laughs> orange pants and you know purple top. And if they did, you would automatically be like, "Oh, you must be an alma mater." Yeah. You went to Florida, didn't you? And that's really the you know I think people miss that 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 the it's the connection. Like Florida's had a couple different shades of blue. I like their faded blue. Um, against the orange but not i mean the current blue is kind of i mean it's 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 strong yeah <laughs> it's just, oh it's it's very in your face it's a harsh it's a harsh feel uh i like their old throwback uh i don't really follow florida football but nobody's um, needed to for about the last decade so that's okay that's all right but they're fun, <laughs> they're fun to watch um but i like the um oh my gosh uh yeah it's, it's almost like a uh uh old school Cleveland Cavaliers combination. Right. Like that's, that's the one I love. I love that combo and they go with a more aggressive athletic, you know, again, those colors have meaning and now they, they can bring them to the forefront. And when you're not winning, um, Richard, as you probably see, <laughs> some of these colors get trotted out more than others. Right. Yeah. So Florida, I, I also want to ask kind of about like orange in general. So Florida's got an orange. They a couple times in the last few years they've done like an orange top, and obviously the helmets are orange with the script blue gaiters. But is orange a particularly tough color to work with in general? Because when you look at those uniforms, even the jerseys like kind of off from the helmet, and I don't know if that's like a fabric versus like paint thing but i'm just asking about like the literal color and how you work with there um you know either you go all in or you don't or you go minimal in my opinion um so the the helmets have to be orange from from my standpoint anything that has like this this big radius needs to take up the orange um and if you don't do it that way then you almost have to have the highlights and I think that orange is a it's a tough color because, as I said, it's harsh. It's harshly contrasted against the blue. We don't have this the same discussion when we talk about the whites. Yeah. White unis with the orange and the blue. Because it's an accent. Exactly. The accents and and they work together. Um, But you could actually look at that as as that's what the identity of, of Florida is, is, you know, imagine. It, it almost makes me feel like this is what getting bit by an alligator would feel like. <laughs> you see orange and, you know, you close your eyes and see, you know, you close your eyes for like 20 seconds and you open it up. That's kind of what I, I would probably put into some of the meaning behind, you know, some of the marketing stuff is like, hey, you know, we have this aggressive feel and, you know, this this stands for this. Um, but, I mean, orange is hard. I Any company that I've worked with, uh, even uh, commercially, orange is usually the backdrop of a color and it's never really the main focus. Um, and the only thing I can think of is like Fanta that has orange as its actual base color, but that's because it's made from oranges. A couple of years ago, Florida, I remember <laughs> becomes one of the schools that puts the actual jump man on its uniforms. Um, I'm yeah, Florida, curious. Oklahoma, a couple other schools couple schools i'm curious like how much influence uh a sponsor in this case nike uh might have over uh a school's redesign rebrand process um if a school had a brilliant idea and nike could just come in and say absolutely not we're not doing that we're not putting the swoosh on this or the jump man on this um what are those discussions like because i'd imagine that apparel sponsors have to be at least somewhat involved yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that they, they make up a huge, huge amount of the revenue for that school. And sometimes, you know, that is, they are, that's who you're going to take your marching orders from. I think that it's very interesting to look at college athletics, the colors and the schemes and look at who their team sponsors are and look at the branding that accompanies it. And I think that you start to see where things are headed when it comes to recruiting. And I think that that is what it's all about now. It's how can I recruit? I actually use Nike as, we're a Nike school, as a selling piece, which means the colors, the schemes, the tilted font, the slanted aggressive nature yeah. of what you see on some of the graphics that you see on from coming from teams, they all have to line up. And 
if you think about it, a lot of it is Nike marketing. Um, a lot of the signing day graphics or any of the edits that you really see, it gives and the, they're dealing with a generation that has been driven by shoes. I think Adidas is started has started to see that Nike has such a stranglehold on the aesthetics of of American culture that Nike could go away for a little bit and come back um, and plop their logo right on there. And it's really just a very small swoosh, but it has so much cachet with it that it actually forces you to step up your marketing to look a certain way, look really slick, really innovative, clean. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you look at like like a lot of the uh, recruiting packages that go out there, um, that's really the, the, the force of, of, force the push and the pull of how great can your brand look with that sponsor and how do you appeal to, you know, your recruits. Said this has been awesome. I want to end with something fun and I want to pick your brain at the same time. I've listed out a few schools here. I'm going to name the school and I want you to tell me in, you know, a sentence or so uh, what their entire scheme from their, you know, primary logo to their color scheme what it says, um, what message they are trying to send with how they look. Does that sound fun? That's it. Let's do it. All right. Lightning round. Number one, Alabama. Alabama, uh, Crimson Tide, history, rich, color, tradition. Uh, They probably all wear uh, crimson underwear. (laughs) (laughs) They do. Winning. That's it. The Washington State Cougars. Cougars. Oh, man, they are. They, they, they kind of have a, a really unique look. They play late at night on television. Um, they took on the personality of their coach. Is he still the head coach? He just left. Just left. He just left. Just left. Um, he was kind of a, a personality, um, but they don't give up. Like that's that's really what I believe their color scheme actually starts to to to, you know, they're always in the game and they're going to put up some numbers on you. The North Dakota State Bison. Um, I'm a little biased because I'm from Minnesota. I know plenty of people who've gone to North Dakota State and they are winners. That's a winning school. Uh, uh, but the colors are um, let's see, what are they? Green and and green yellow is it gold or is it yellow i don't know uh kind of like a golden rod i think that's what what they would call it um hard work um really representing the the culture and the the narrative that's around there um and also tied into the native aspects that's that's in that land there's very they're very respectful to the uh the indigenous individuals and the land and and individuals individuals from that standpoint um the colors actually scream um um, kind of like a warrior battle that, you know, you come in and, you know, you have to be prepared uh, and we're going to bring all that we can against you. A, uh, a quick pause on the lightning round real quick, because you you hit on something. So you called that color goldenrod. How yeah. many names? How how what are you what are we naming colors? How when do we run out of names for colors? I don't know. I mean, if if a new AD starts and they want a particular Pantone, I could name it uh richard johnson tomorrow yeah and it would be richard johnson don't give him any ideas <laughs> it would be richard johnson it would be the weirdest name of a yellow but then people would be like oh yeah 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 that that's the yellow you're talking about in like 10 to 5 10 to 20 so the name ago. almost creates the yeah it, it does it, it it really does and again if it's used in that in that location or used by the you know the individuals who live or who kind of inhabit that that campus you know, that's that's really what the name starts to become. And it's just like, you know, what do you call different areas in, in the cities that you're from? I might call it what it's on the map, but you may know it as, nope, that's what this is called. Right. Alex, keep going, bro. What would you call Iowa's yellow? Lightning round resumes. Iowa. Iowa cowards. Mm. I'm going to give you a chance to weigh in on Minnesota, though. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> Minnesota next. Iowa cowards. That's the answer. Minnesota Golden Gophers. What's the whole scheme say? Golden Gophers, hard work, um, dedication, brotherhood, um, and, you know, kind of the maroon and gold give you a sense of friendship that goes beyond winning, which means we don't necessarily have to win to. Oh, yeah, that's really interesting. Hearts and minds. Yeah. 
a nation. And it proved our point because we actually got, uh, you know, we actually got ESPN College Saturday there. It, we lost, but, but. They were there. But you won the, but you won the tailgate. <laughs> Don't lose Colored. the party, baby. Uh, two more on very, very far opposite ends of the spectrum. Duke. What's Duke telling us? Mm. They are there to me. Duke Duke's uses Duke is another one that is has taken probably what has been their baseline academic. You know, Duke is a very academically, uh, you know, elite school, and they have been molded by championship winning from their basketball side. Um, and so now I think the colors, which could change, I don't really care for them. But I think they're just telling you that, you know, this is excellence. You're going to give as good as you get. And they're really a little bit more synonymous with uh, Mike Krzyzewski's tie. And the last one, and this is, I think, a lot of our favorite logo on college sports, uh, but it's a, a secondary mark and a throwback. Oklahoma State, specifically the Pistol Pete. What's Pistol Pete telling me? Man, shootout. The shootout. Uh, Oklahoma State has a great logo as well as... This is an obscure one, but I love it because their basketball court is is ridiculous. Wyoming, the Cowboys, like mm-hmm. having just a cowboy and like that's your that's your mark is just this this dude like riding a Bronco cowboy, like that's pretty doggone hard. That's pretty hardcore. But Oklahoma State, I mean, they are. I think I think more and more they're they're coming with like those aggressive oranges and a little bit more of a like a deep color to kind of really represent kind of that we're the rebel of the conferences and no matter what conference you throw us in it's going to be a fight that's awesome said this has been awesome said where can the people find you where they can find you on twitter can we find a portfolio of your work you got a website where can we find you i'm i'm pretty much said funches c-e-d-f-u-n-c-h-e-s um, on Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, you can find me at the same C-E-D-F-U-N-C-H-E-S.com. Um, that's where you can find my site. Um, and you can just follow along on, on Twitter. Um, I like to talk about sports and joke around on, on stuff. I really love, 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 uh, talking, you know, NBA, even though they, you know, it's canceled now, but (laughs) follow and let's, let's chat. Good deal said. This has been really, really great. Alex, where can the people find you? People can find me at Alex underscore Kirshner with no C on Twitter. Uh, and uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I have that too. Just a Kirshner. And I'm RJ underscore rights as usual. Said, thanks so much, bud. Absolutely, man. You guys are awesome. This has been fantastic.